Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. Support for this podcast is provided by SHL. From talent acquisition to talent management, SHL Solutions provide your organisation with the power and scale to build your business with the skilled, motivated and energised workforce you need. SHL takes the guesswork out of growing a talented team by helping you match the right people to the right moments with simplicity and speed. They equip recruiters and leaders with people insights at an organisation, team and individual level, accelerating growth, decision-making, talent mobility and inspiring an inclusive culture. To build a future where businesses thrive because their people thrive, visit shl.com to learn more. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 550 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Attitudes to work are more complex and varied than ever, making identifying trends and patterns harder. There are currently critical questions around retention and productivity that employers need answers to. So how can we make sense of our ever more complex motivational drivers and attitudes to work? ADP have access to massive human capital management data sets. And by combining this data with qualitative research, the ADP Research Institute is helping to shine a light on complex questions about work. ADP has recently launched a new quarterly workforce report called Today at Work. And my guest this week is Ben Hannawell, the Director of People Analytics Research. As well as looking at patterns in worker sentiment, the report has revealed a surprisingly inverse relationship between promotion and retention. Hi, Ben, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks. It's great to be here. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Please, could you introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Hey, everybody. My name is Ben Hannawell, and I'm the Director of People Analytics Research at ADP Research Institute. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about um, what, what, what you do in your role? Yeah, so as the as the director of people analytics research, what I do is I use ADP's payroll and HR data along with with public data sets um, and other third party data sets to 
to really try and understand the labor market and, and also to understand more broadly the world of work. And at ADP Research Institute, we also have, uh, we also have psychologists who, who design surveys that we, that we use to try and understand the thoughts and feelings that people have about the workplace. And we try to put those two data sets together to generate insights that we hope will be useful for, uh, for, for business leaders for HR practitioners like uh, like people in talent acquisition, per, for example, and uh, and also for policymakers and even members of the workforce. Now, you've just published a report called Today at Work. T- tell us about that. Is this a is this a regular report? What's a, what's its aim, and how did you go about developing it? Today at Work is it's a quarterly report, and and every quarter we focus on a different topic about the workplace. And it combines two rich data sources that to try and inform again those decisions that that, that business leaders and, and and people in HR and policymakers, members of the workforce are making about the workplace. And the first of the two rich data sources we use in this report is, as I said, ADP payroll and HR data that you know represents about 25 million US workers in any given month, the data set that we use. And the second data set we use is our actually our monthly worker sentiment survey. And, and so far that that sentiment survey, uh, it we've we've gotten over fifty-two thousand responses from workers in the US to to these surveys. And and the surveys that we designed, they're they're informed by over a, a decade of international HR research by my by my colleagues. So in the most recent Today at Work, you're focusing on how promoting employers might impact employee retention, but you're also looking at a new way of measuring employees' motivation and commitment to their employer. How, how do you sort of tie those two topics together? Why, why would they be in the same report? Yeah, well, listen, I mean, one of the biggest assets, but also you know, biggest costs for any business are the people in their workforce. And that's probably why, you know, throughout my own 10-year career as a workforce analyst, employee retention has always been top of mind among the company's leadership, right? I, I mean, so the word recording or recruiting is in this uh, is in this podcast title. So, you know, from a talent acquisition standpoint, retention is really important because of, of recruiting costs, right? Backfilling costs. So, you know, the question becomes, you know, first off, how do you measure the motivation and commitment, the allegiance that workers have to their, to their employer? And, and that's what my psychologist colleagues uh, have done. They've used our monthly worker sentiment survey to develop this employee motivation and commitment or EMC index. And they found that it's, it's, it's related strongly to workers' intent to leave their employer and to their self-reported productivity. And so it's measuring something important, right? So that's, you know, that's the, the question about how you measure the motivation and commitment among workers. But then again, how does it tie into this other this other study we did, which is of the impact of promotion on retention, right? And, and actually, it's, it's a funny story. Uh, I was talking with with uh, with my boss uh, Neela Richardson, the chief economist at ADP, and we were we were discussing the EMC index, and we were talking about our own experiences, you know, in, in the recent past, and 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 you know, before I came to ADP Research Institute, I had myself just gotten promoted. Okay. And, uh, and, and I used that promotion, I, that, that getting that promotion. Yes. It made me feel more motivated, right? Because I was being recognized for excellent work. And that's actually a part, part of the EMC index, right? Is, is, is it, it measures in part how, 
you knowing you'll be recognized for excellent work. But, but at the same time, it also let me know that I could maybe use that promotion as leverage to get another job elsewhere, right? And so that's the tie-in, right? So is that promotion, there's two sides to the promotion coin. And, and that's why we decided that we also wanted to take a look at how promotion impacts retention because it's a signal of, you know, of, of an employer's commitment to you. So you may be more committed to that employer, but again, you might feel uh, that, that you're, you know, you're as marketable as you're ever going to be at that moment too. That is the real standout finding in this report that basically you know what you're saying is that people are actually more likely to leave their employer in the six months after they've been given a promotion than they would if they weren't given a promotion so i mean what what are the implications here should, should employers stop promoting people is this is that the answer <laughs> no no don't stop promoting people Pr- promote people through the management ranks uh you know so that you, so that because it, you know, if you if you have people who 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 don't have any any manager who can make them feel supported to do the work that they need to do, well, then you're going to have a bigger retention problem, right? Than just uh, than just the promotion impact. So yeah, keep keep promoting people, okay? Please. But I mean, what does this really mean? I'm, I'll break it down in two steps. So first, why is this not that bi- so big of a deal that we need to just stop promoting people? And second. You know, what should we do? What should we do in light of these findings? Right. So, okay. Yes, the promotion increases the risk of leaving for the first six months, but it actually slightly decreases the risk of promotion in the, the, the three months after that. And so, all told, employers on average, they lose only about 14 days of productivity in the nine months that follow every first promotion that they award somebody. So 14 days, that's not enough to think about, you know, how you might, I mean, it, that's not enough to say, let's stop giving people promotions, right? But it is enough to start thinking about how you might improve the retention of promoted workers for sure, right? It, it, it really means employers need to support the employees they promote as they take on new responsibility because career development, it does not end when someone gets a promotion, clearly, it, in some sense, it's just the beginning. But also, you know, think about this. I- employers need to make sure that they've got a good bench, is what we like to say, right? Uh, if you think about your, if you think about you know your your workforce as a team, you need to have another star player who's ready and willing to take the place of somebody if, if the person you just promoted decides to go somewhere else, right? And and that that good bench is about recruitment, right? You want to always make sure you're recruiting the right people, so that you've got you've got multiple people who could take a leadership position. But it's also about developing your workforce who's already there. A quick message from our sponsor, Winolo. Hi everyone, I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W O N O L O. Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees, 
you can save on operating costs, meet demand and maximise earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over 100 markets, including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com slash pod. That's www.wonolo.com slash pod and take the stress out of finding workers. I think that's really interesting and especially interesting that 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 first part about how do you help newly promoted people because I think for 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 many employers giving someone a promotion that's the incentive for them to stay but um it's very interesting that actually the opposite is the opposite is the case yeah well I mean as I said it's you know it's it it's really a uh it's really a two sides of the same coin situation I mean those workers who who decide to leave you know who, who are who are more likely to leave after getting that promotion you know they they may in fact feel more motivated and committed to their to their employer after they get that promotion. It's just that they also have more, you know, have more job opportunities uh, because they've been promoted. So it's, you know, it, it, it's really like that. And whose retention does promotion impact more? Is it individual contributors or managers? It's, it's managers for sure. Uh, and, and when we, when we think about, when we think about the, you know, right? I told you that uh, that employers, on average, lose about 14 days of productivity in those nine months that follow the promotion. If you break it down by individuals, uh, individual contributors versus managers, what you see is that uh, is that managers, uh, you, in aggregate, you lose about 19 days of productivity from them. But from individual contributors, you actually gain <laughs> you actually gain some days of productivity by promoting them. Now, does this mean that you should, you know, only promote individual contributors into leadership positions and not manage? Well, no, right? It what it does is it tells us that a promotion can mean something different depending on somebody's situation. And you know what I mean by that is you think about an individual contributor they they just got promoted through the management ranks for the first time at your company. That is a signal to them. It's potentially a signal to them that they might be able to develop their career with you before deciding to play the field, you know, but, but if you've got a, a first level manager, you're promoting them to a, a second level manager, something, some, you know, a position with, with higher or more scope than they have now, it's a signal to them that, that maybe it's time for them to become a free agent. Right. I mean, and when it comes to job requirements, education, training, relevant experience, what jobs are most impacted by promotion? Yeah, the jobs that are most impacted by promotion in, in terms of the, the, the requirements of the job are those jobs that require little or no preparation, um, you know, sort of a, a secondary uh, school diploma or, or equivalent. And, um, you know, just to, to put this in perspective, for, for job, people working jobs that require little or no preparation, over that nine-month period following the, the promotion, an employer loses about 85 days of productivity from them. But if you look at people working in jobs that require considerable preparation, uh, we're talking a, you know, uh, a college degree, uh, you lose only about 12 days of productivity over that nine-month period. So that's a, that's a big difference. Any insight into why that might be? I think that's, there's two po- at least two possibilities. Uh, first, you know, when you, when you 
promote somebody who is working a job that doesn't require any advanced degree or, or any college degree whatsoever, and you put them into a position of leadership, that is perhaps one of the few things that they can use to develop their career. And they may have to develop their career elsewhere if there aren't enough opportunities with their current employer. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that might be going on is it might go back. Remember I was saying that career development, it doesn't end when somebody gets promotion in some cases, just the beginning. So, you know, ideally uh, an employer will, will have a support system to try and, uh, and give and well, to, to help their newly promoted employees develop the skills that they need in order to take on this new responsibility. Well, perhaps for those jobs that require little or no preparation, there's less of that support than you would have, say, you know, for some like a, a software developer who just got promoted to a software development manager, right? So that's another thing that might be going on is that is that people working in jobs that require little or no preparation get the least support in terms of taking on that new responsibility. And so they get burnt out and they leave. Kind of by way of summary, I mean, what are the ultimately are the key lessons for business leaders, HR decision makers, and talent acquisition leaders from all of this data? What should people be focusing on? What should they be thinking about? Yeah, so it goes back to, to first, recognize that career development doesn't end when somebody gets a promotion. In some sense, that's just the beginning. That's number one. Number two, make sure that you have a good bench so that if somebody on your management team leaves right after you promoted them, you've got somebody else ready and willing to take their place, right? And, um, and third, going back to that, that result that we just discussed about you know, job requirements, really think about whether or not folks at your front lines are getting enough support to take on the new responsibilities that you're giving them. If you promote them into management. Moving on to the other part of the report, the employee motivation and commitment index. What are the key takeaways there for employers? Sure. So when it comes to the the EMC index, one of the things that we found is that it varies widely depending on worker circumstances, depending on the the industry that they work in, depending on their self-reported productivity. It, It varies uh, you know, depending on the type of work they do and, you know, in their workplace situation. Um, and, you know, what this is, what this is telling us is that the employee motivation and commitment, it is more of a, of a state that you are in based on the circumstances that you are in. And it is not a trait that you either have or don't have. You're not, you're, you're not just somebody who's, you're at, you know, it's not, it's, we're not, we don't live in a world where somebody is either committed and motivated at work, or they're not forevermore. And that means employers are in a position to influence the degree to which their employees are committed and motivated in the workplace. And we, you know, some employers understand that more, that point more than others. And we really hope this report will bring those others along. Tell us more about the, the ongoing series. How often is this report going to come out? Um, and finally, where can, where can everyone listening learn, learn more about today at work? Yeah, so we, uh, today at work report comes out uh, every quarter, and every quarter we focus on a different topic. Uh, you know, to give you a sneak peek, our next report might might cover 
stress in the workplace, for example. And we might come at that from two different angles, you know, again, from the worker sentiment survey and, and, and using ADP payroll and HR data. So quarterly series, uh, different, different topic every, every uh, quarter. And you can find this report at adpri.org, our website, where you can also uh, subscribe to get up email updates. And uh, all, you can also find at our website, adpri.org, all of the other great work that we do at ADP Research Institute. Thank you very much for talking to me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot. My thanks to Ben. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast, and get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.